Hey, what's going on, folks? Hey, I want to talk about a controversial subject in this episode of Gospel of Repentance. And it's in, it, it comes in Matthew chapter 15. And this is where Jesus calls a woman a dog. And I need to unpack this so that you understand what's going on here. Because on the surface, and especially to us over here as Westerners, that is a very insulting thing to call anyone a dog. Now we, friends and stuff, we call each other dog as a, it's like a, it's like street love, so to speak. So there's no harm or foul in that. But when Jesus called this woman a dog, what did he mean by that and why use something so apparently uh, full of vitriol? Why would he say something to a woman like that that was coming to him for help? She had a demon-possessed daughter and she wanted Jesus to come and heal her daughter because obviously she knew about him and she obviously she knew his reputation that he was a healer, that he could cast out demons out of people and so she wanted that same blessing for or that same deliverance for her daughter and so let me read the account and then we can I can try to unpack it for you from there so let's go to Matthew's gospel in a second Matthew chapter 15 I'm going to start with verse 21, all right? It says this. It says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Verse 23, But he answered her not a word. So he's ignoring her. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. For she cries out after us. But he answered and said, <clears throat> I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25, Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered her and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Wow, that's very insulting. Why would Jesus say something to the to someone like that that is in desperate need of his help. Verse 27, And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the, their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you have desired. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Wow. Interesting. So, he goes up to the region of Tyre and Sidon, which is Gentile territory. So he's not anymore in Israel or in the land of his own people, the Jews. So he goes into foreign territory. And this woman encounters him and she is begging him to heal her daughter of demon possession. And initially he ignores her and the disciples say, just get her out of here, send her away because she's crying out after us. She's bothering us. She's annoying us. And then Jesus replies to her and says it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs now what do you mean by bread 
he's talking about the blessings of the children of God, which were the Israelites. They were the covenant people. Canaanites had no relationship with the children of Israel at all. And as a matter of fact, when, when you look at the term dogs, Jesus is not using the term in a derogatory way. He did call her a dog, no question about it. But the word dogs in the Greek, there's two of them. There's a word called, I'll read them to you. Give me a second. One of them is the Greek word kuan, which means a wild dog or like a savage dog. And then there's another one called kunarion, which means a little dog or a pet. And that is the precise word that Jesus used in reference to this woman. He referred to her as a little pet or a pet dog. And see, the Jews referred to Gentiles, and anybody that wasn't a Jew was a Gentile. That would mean if you're not Jewish and you're listening to this podcast, you would be considered a Gentile. And in the eyes of the Jews, you would be considered a dog. Now, they would use the dog in the most derogatory way. And simply what a dog was, was someone who was unclean. And since the Gentile people or heathen or pagans, if you would, were ceremonially unclean, the Jews or Hebrews didn't want to have anything to do with them. And in addition to that, uh, Gentile people were pagans. They worshiped false gods. Oftentimes their gods would would uh, would they would sacrifice their children to their gods as a way of worshiping their pagan deities. So they were very evil and wicked and despicable in the in the way they behaved. And so Jesus, understand this, and understand this well. Jesus was by no means obligated to do anything for this woman and this woman knew that that's why she humbly came to him and begged him to have mercy upon her and do for her what she asked so when he initially ignored her and then he said i can't is it is not good for me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs he's like i'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of israel so she understood that, but she said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs, <laughs> they gather the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And so that was a an expression and a demonstration of her great faith. And Jesus said, oh, wow. He says, because of your faith, I'm going to grant your request. And so her daughter was healed of her demon possession from that very hour, from the point that she exercised and demonstrated her faith in God, in Jesus Christ. So she already knew his reputation as a deliverer, as a healer, obviously as one who could cast out demons. So that's why she tracked him down because no one else could do it. And so a lot of people would look at this on the surface and say, okay, well, Jesus is being racist. Jesus is using a racial slur and denigrating and vilifying this woman and saying an unkind thing to her when she simply is coming to him in desperate need of help. But that's not what happened at all. He was not 
disrespecting her. He actually was also testing her faith and also it was a demonstration for the benefit of his disciples who were with him too. So, and I can go to other places in the scripture and I will where Jesus even used more what I would say crash, crass language. Let me prove that. Let me go to the gospel of, um, well, same gospel, gospel of Matthew, but we're going to go to chapter 23. Matthew's gospel, chapter 23. This is when Jesus is rebuking his own people, the Jews. Matthew 23, the religious leaders in particular. This is what he's, this is what he's saying to them. Matthew chapter 23. Throughout the whole chapter, he's uh, letting them have it. And Jesus spoke to the multitudes, to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But you do not be called Rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he is he who is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. All right. In verse 11, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Verse 13, and now he starts to go in on them. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Now, some people may not think the word hypocrite is worse than a dog. For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for neither, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte. Listen to this. And when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yours. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple, He's obliged to perform it. Fools and blind. For which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gift that is on it, he is obliged to permit it. Fools and blind. Okay, here we go. We'll keep going. For which is the which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Therefore, who's, he who swears by the altar swears by it and all things on it. Let me keep going. Let me let me skip down to verse 27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Uh, let me skip down to verse 33. Serpents, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of of hell. So in the verses that I was able to read to you in Matthew's 
gospel chapter 23 he calls them fools he calls them blind he calls them whitewashed tombs dead men's bones vipers he calls them sons of hell now that's far worse than calling a gentile woman a dog or a little pet or ceremonially unclean now the the most crass language that Jesus exhibited in all the Bible was toward his own people, the religious leaders. So anybody that is hung up on Matthew chapter 15 verses 21 to 28 where Jesus calls a woman a dog and then does for her what she requests because she demonstrated great faith, I think is missing the entire point. I mean, you want to strain at a gnat if you want to with that verse. But most people that read it on the surface are automatically going to assume that Jesus is being crude and rude and insensitive and even a racist. And that's and that's ridiculous. Jesus by, is by no means doing that. And, and, and in, in the case and in the and in another case, rather similar to the one of the woman, the Canaanite woman, Jesus does the same thing for a, a centurion in Matthew chapter eight. A Roman centurion, which was another foreigner, an Italian, as a matter of fact. This is what happens with the centurion. Verse 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, the centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Listen to the centurion and his humility and his faith. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled, or, or Jesus was astonished, and said to those who followed, surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So that's Matthew chapter 8. I started with verse 5 and I went all the way through verse 10. So there's another occasion where a foreigner exhibited great faith and humility before Jesus and Jesus granted their request based on their faith. So. Jesus was by no means being rude to this woman. She knew that she was a dog. She knew that she was unclean. She knew that she was unfit to be even in the Lord's presence, let alone for him to do anything gracious to her. And let that be a lesson to all of us, because especially over here in the West, we have an entitlement mentality that someone owes us something. And a lot of people, for whatever reason, because they don't understand their own wickedness and their own wretchedness, neither do they understand or want to acknowledge God's complete holiness. They feel that they're entitled, that God owes them something. And God owes us nothing but judgment. Anything that we receive from God good is solely because of his grace and mercy and his willingness to do so. That's very important for us to remember and not forget. Okay, so I just want to see if I covered my basis here. We did go over Matthew chapter 15, verse 26. We did 
talk about Matthew chapter 23. And oh, in another place, remember um, John's gospel, chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus is also arguing or having a conversation with the religious leaders. And in the 8th chapter, the 44th verse, Jesus says, you are of your father, the devil. So he calls them devils. And check this out. When we read Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus is asking the question of his disciples, who do men say that I am? And then they respond to him and say, some men say that you are Elijah. They say that you are Jeremiah or that you're one of the prophets. And then he asks them, but who do you say that I am? And then Peter says, you are the Christ the son of the living God. All right. And Jesus says this to him. This is uh, Matthew's gospel, chapter 16, I'm at verse 17. It says, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, or Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then he goes on, I'm going to skip a few verses. I'm going to skip over to verse 21 Matthew's gospel chapter 16 it says from that time Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day verse 22 then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying far be it from you Lord this shall not this shall not happen to you but he turned and said to Peter get behind me Satan you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Yeah, I simply point that out to let you know that <laughs> Peter was one of the most intimate disciples of Christ. I mean, his three main disciples were Peter, James, and John. One of the people that, no doubt, Jesus loved the most on the earth. And he called him Satan because Peter, being used by the devil... And Jesus obviously saw it in him, was trying to get him off course and trying to prevent him from fulfilling his mission here on earth. And he said, that's why he said to him, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. So in one instance, it shows you how Peter was in the spirit when he said that you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And then moments later, he's in the flesh. When he's trying, he's pulling Jesus aside and rebuking him, says, you know, you're not going to die. This ain't going to happen to you. So it lets you know how quick we can flip-flop just as an aside. All right. So hopefully I've been able to somewhat unpack the idea about why Jesus called the Canaan, Canaanite woman a dog. And like, of course, in our vernacular and in our culture to call someone a dog, and usually it's in a malicious way. It's in an unkind way. It's in a disrespectful way. And Jesus was by no means doing that. He was calling her something that she was used to being called. Because all non-Jewish people in the eyes of Jews were considered dogs because they were, they were impure. They were ceremonially unclean. And so they were called dogs. And Jesus referred to her as a little dog. And so he said to her once again that it is not good for me to take the children's food, their bread, and cast it to the little dogs. 
And he said, because that's my mission is to first feed the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's who I came to first. But she wanted to intercept that and said, look, I'm desperate. I'm begging you. You're the only one I can come to to get this deliverance. There's no one else I can go to for help. And so she was persistent. And so there's one more verse of scripture that just came to mind. I can't resist uh, going to. So I'm going to go to it now. It's in, I believe it's in the same gospel. Matthew chapter 18. All right, hold on. Matthew chapter 18. We need to look at that. And it talks about another woman who was very, very desperate and very, very persistent regarding this um, I think this judge, I believe it's in this chapter. Uh, at least I thought it was. Let's see. Am I in the right place? Matthew chapter 18. Let's see. I believe I thought I had it, but I don't have it. And I'll have to find it. But there, the story goes simply like this. There was a woman who went to a judge and the judge was an unjust judge and he didn't regard man or God. But this woman said, I need you to take vengeance against my adversary. And he's like, I don't want to do that, but this woman won't leave me alone and says, I don't regard man or or God, but because this woman is persistent, I'm going to go ahead and give her what she wants so that she will stop bothering me. And so that was the whole point of the woman that was begging Jesus to help her regarding her demon-possessed daughter. She would not let go until God granted her what she needed, and she exercised great faith which moved Jesus to go ahead and grant her request. So let it be a lesson to all of us that if we want something from God, we need to come humbly, number one, and we need to come in faith, number two. Realizing, I would say number three, is that we don't deserve anything good from God. Anything that God gives us is a gift of his grace and his mercy, and only that, and we need to Keep that in mind so that when we approach him, we approach him humbly, but we approach, we approach him in faith, expecting to get what we receive because we've come to him the right way. And then us as believers, we're, we're children of God. So we have a right to be in his presence. God delights in his children relating to him because the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, that the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. In other words, he wants us to come to him and ask for, for what it is that we need. And as long as it is according to his will, he will grant it. All right. So that's all I need to say regarding that. So hopefully that dispels any sideways look, looks at Christ regarding the situation with the woman. Uh, the Canaanite woman that asks for the healing of her demon-possessed daughter. Take care. Till next time.
I wanted to add a quick addendum to this message earlier. I was trying to find the account about the unjust judge and the widow. And I thought it was in Matthew chapter 18. And actually it's in Luke's gospel, the 18th chapter. And so I wanted to add this to the, at the back end of the episode. And this is what it says. It's about an unjust judge and a persistent widow. It says, then he spoke a parable to them, that being Jesus, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Saying there was a, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary, my enemy. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. Verse 6, Luke chapter 18. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? And the reason why I'm bringing this out is I'm going back to the whole matter regarding the Canaanite woman that went to Jesus, that found Jesus at Capernaum or in the area of Tyre and Sidon and begged him to come and heal her daughter that was demon-possessed. And because she was persistent and because she would not let go and because she demonstrated great faith, Jesus went on ahead and granted her her, her request, even though she was not a, a Jew, she was a Gentile and she was considered a dog. And that's what he called her, a dog, a little puppy, a house pet. And so I liken situation with the woman and the Canaanite woman with this uh, widow where she was persistent and she got what she needed because she badgered and would not let go of persistently asking for justice from her enemy from this unjust judge so that's the point that I wanted to make out I wanted to I couldn't remember the exact scripture reference I thought it was in Matthew 18 I got confused and come to find out it just came to me that it was in Luke chapter 18 all right so that's all I wanted to do is just add this addition to that so I I can correct myself and I can give you the the proper scriptural reference okay take care